you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. 1946. Preston Tucker and his family began to build the car of the future today. Is there anything you want to explain first about the dogs? Well, I uh, traded the old Packer for them. They would challenge the automotive giants in Detroit. Is there anybody in this room who can look me in the eye and tell me we can't do it? Building a car in your barn is one thing, but mass production, that's something else. It's the idea that counts it. The dream. It was almost too good to be true. Detroit. They're putting the squeeze on. We can't buy steel, we can't buy anything. So I made an appointment with Senator Ferguson. What do you think? A big smile and a pat on the back is gonna make him forget he's a senator from Detroit. Find an idea you're selling dealerships for cars that don't exist. What did he say? He said stay out of the car business. Tucker built the thing. Well, not everything he advertised, not yet, but enough right now to cost billions just to keep up with them. You don't understand how powerful the forces are that are working against us here. Ever since you road tested the new car, 40 G men have been following you around the clock. What for? To make the car too good. Ah, well, don't worry about it now. I'll take care of it. Hey, Mr. Tucker, we're from the Securities and Exchange Commission. We shall prove the only thing Mr. Tucker designed was an elaborate scheme to defraud. Why would they do something so stupid like that if they know we can prove it's a lie? But if enough headlines say that I'm a crook, well, that's the end of me in the car, which is what this whole thing's all about, isn't it? If you're not careful, you're going to spend the next 20 years of your life in prison. And we are going to build that car, the one we dreamed of, exactly the one we wanted. Paramount Pictures presents a Lucasfilm production of a Francis Coppola film. The big business closes the door on the little guy with a new idea. We're sabotaging everything that the country stands for. If they can make headlines with lies, we can make bigger headlines with the truth. He is dead. Hold the tiger! Jeff Bridges is Tucker. The true story of one man and his dream. Hi everyone, Justin Bell here, race car driver turned TV and web host. I'm still trying to work out what that means. Anyway, I am the co-host of the talk show with Tommy Kendall around all the IMSA races. And right now we're on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tan Talk 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us and everything you've ever wanted to know about classic and antique cars. Don't forget to check out our uh, podcast if you missed any of our past shows, where you can listen to all the shows that you uh, enjoyed the first time around and uh, want to listen to them again. Uh, good evening, Tommy. How are you doing this evening? Good evening, Robert. I'm doing very well yourself. I'm hanging in there. Well, you know, as usual, you know, it gets right down to the wire. And uh, we love the scramble. See, this is radio, okay? Radio is like the redheaded stepchild in the media world because uh, 
Sometimes people take us serious, sometimes they don't. So, you know, there's always that last minute change of plans. But that's the beauty of it, see, because we're professionals in the radio business and we know how to handle this, don't we, Tommy? Tommy's going to go, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> anyway, okay, so we had a guest who was supposed to come on, and there was a last-minute change of plans, but uh, we still are going on with the show, and the topic and subject matter is going to continue, but we got uh, we have stand-ins. We have stand-ins, and that's a good thing, because what we're talking about tonight a little bit is something that's kind of dear and close to my heart, because, you know, I'm a, kind of a race car kind of guy, you know, especially road racing. And uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about these uh, up-and-coming auto, now let's see, car country club, car racing country clubs. And uh, we've been talking about this for quite some time, and I have yet to actually go in and participate in one, but I've driven by them. And uh, there's one in, uh, well, actually VRI, which is Virginia International Raceway, has turned into one of those, kind of. And uh, Monticello, I think, is probably the most well-known one on the eastern seaboard. That's up in New York. And a friend of mine is a member there. There's a couple out west. And maybe with a little bit of luck, we might actually end up with one here in Florida. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. So we have some gentlemen coming on here in a little bit later in the program. And they will be highlighting the uh, Spring Mountain Motorsports Raceway or Motorsports Ranch out in Pahrump. Las Vegas, or Pahrump, uh, Nevada, which is about 50 miles, uh, I'm going to say it's probably northwest of uh, Vegas. And uh, that's that one's coming on real strong, so stick around for that show. This ought to be pretty interesting, and um, I think you'll enjoy it. In the meantime, let's do a uh, Florida Car Show's minute update. And, of course, FloridaFLACarshows.com. That's where you want to go when you want to find out where all the car shows and car events that are taking place in the state of Florida the northern part of Florida, the southern part of Florida, the eastern part of Florida, the central part of Florida, and the western part of Florida. And uh, so that should be uh, uh, someplace you definitely want to check that on a weekly basis because there's all kinds of car shows going on. And believe it or not, even though it's going to be a little bit on the hot, humid, and muggy side during the summer, there are still a number of events that take place, particularly weekly ones that usually generally take place in the evenings. So that should be um, someplace you might want to uh, check out and hang out. Uh, some of the cars and coffees, they take place early in the morning. So during the daytime, guess what the roast, most of us are going to be doing? We're probably going to be, um, well, I'm going to guess since we're in Florida, and uh, since the state is one big giant peninsula, probably water sports, motor sports on the water, you know, like boats, fishing, uh, jet skiing, and things of that nature. Anyway, um, let's see what's coming up here. The big event in two, three months is... Uh, Monterey Collective Car Week. You always hear me talking about that. The four major events that I love to attend, I try to attend, regardless of whether I'm eating cheese, drinking water, or sleeping in the backseat of a station wagon, is the Monterey Collective Car Week. And um, But the other four events, there are other three events that I talk about, is Amelia Island, which takes place here in Florida in, the, uh, in March, Scottsdale, Arizona, Scottsdale Collective Car Week, which is in January, and, of course, SEMA, which takes place in the fall in November in uh, Las Vegas, of all places. So um, that's uh, definitely for the uh, major events you definitely want to put on your calendar. Let's see, uh, Mid-America, Mid-America, let me slow down here a bit, Mid-America, Shelby Meet, I think, is uh, this weekend in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and for all you Shelby guys. A couple weeks, we've got the 24-hour Le Mans. Um, Last week, I think we talked a little bit about the up-and-coming movie, Ford versus Ferrari. And I thought that movie was going to be released um, just in time for the 24-hour Le Mans because that's where the big battle took place. But my understanding is it's coming out in November. So not really excited about that, but, uh, you know, it should be a pretty good movie. And uh, um, all those Ford guys can't wait, obviously. And, uh, you know, I think Ford, from what I understand, or at least Shelby American, still holds the, uh, we had Alan Grant on last week and a week before we did a two-part series with Alan Grant and he obviously raced, uh, well he raced for Carroll Shelby for a number of years and he also went to uh, Le, Mans, uh, Le Mans in 1965 and he drove one of the other Daytona Coupes and the Daytona Coupes was the cars that basically won the, and still to this day I think they hold the record for being the only American manufactured automobile that holds a record for world manufactured championship um, uh, but that's what I'm thinking of. My mind just went blank. But anyway, holds the World Manufacturer Championship 
um, uh, status. And uh, close enough, I think. See what happens when I don't have a thesaurus handy? I can't think sometimes. And um, at any rate, uh, yeah, I just got a text from one of our listeners. By the way, you can't text me. You know, uh, you can uh, make your comments if you want to call into the studio. We're not really a call-in show, but once in a while we do have some people that call in like to leave a message for Tom, and he can text me real quick. And it's 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. That's uh, our studio line here in downtown Clearwater. At any rate, let's see. What else is going on uh, this past weekend? Sumter County Fairgrounds Swap Meet. Wow. You know, it's interesting because um, I'm trying to figure out where our market is going. If you follow the collector car market, it's actually kind of leveled off. And when I say that, it's kind of like um, it's not going up, it's not going down. The rarest of the rare are still bringing crazy money, which is okay um, because that's a different group of people. But the run-of-the-mill cars, it's really – the good thing about it is it shows that the market's stable. So, you know, your muscle cars are still twenty dollars to $50,000, you know, the stuff that we kind of grew up with, your GTOs, your B-Body Mopars, your Torinos, your Mustangs, your Camaros, and stuff like that. They're kind of in that price range. You know, the, the rare cars, the Hemi cars, the Boss 9s, the Shelbys, they're pulling mid, mid-hundreds, two-hundreds, three-hundreds, four-hundreds, and five-hundreds. I think I was talking to somebody, and one of the cars at Mecham, you know, they brought some crazy amount of money. In fact, I think I heard that they had... A couple cutaway motors are Hemi cutaway motors, and uh, that were the factory ones, which are kind of very rare, kind of neat. You know, if somebody's got a really cool um, man cave collection, that's probably the ideal spot for it. And I heard they went uh, like two, three hundred thousand a piece or something like that, some crazy amount of money. Meekum sold them for up in Indy, and uh, so yeah. So that still tells you that there's guys out there with a lot of money. They're still pretty uh, optimistic about the market, so that's good. You know, um, I'd say we've got probably another good 10 years where it's really strong. we got to get these young kids involved in these cars so that they take an interest in it so we can kind of perpetuate the hobby. But it, there is a generational shift, and we've talked about this a number of times on the show. So um, there's not much you can do about that, you know, because cars and tastes and interests. But as long as we can perpetuate the hobby, that's fine. We want to keep the hobby going. Generational shift or not, yeah. Well, you know, look at the guys with Duesenberg's Cords, Auburn's, and stuff like that, the pre-war cars. Although those cars are starting to come back into popularity now because they're different. Um, late 40s, 50s cars, you know, unless they're really rare, not so much. Convertibles, big American Finn Classics, your Cadillacs, your Buicks, your Thunderbirds, your um, Oldsmobiles, you know, all that kind of school, cool stuff, you know, because Chrysler's, obviously, because they were kind of like the trendsetter and the in the Finn era, as we call it. And um, early American 60s muscle cars, still pretty strong. You know, your Galaxies, your your Big Le Mans, or Pontiac Grand Prix, your um, Chrysler 300s, your Galaxy, you know, uh, 427 cars, 409 Chevrolets, still doing pretty good. Uh, late 60s muscle cars, Goats and B-Bodies and Torinos and you know, the Pony Cars, which is Mustang Challengers and Camaros and Firebirds and stuff like that, still doing pretty good. Trans Am's still doing pretty good. Actually, the second-gen tra- Trans Am's are doing real well. Um, I'm watching those things. They're pulling mid-30s now, 30s and 40s, consistently. Consistently, that's pretty good. Mustangs, oh, yeah, one of my favorites. Mustang is still the one car that you can drop anywhere on the planet, anytime, any place, even if it's, and I've said this before, you know, even if it's uh, in the Himalayas. I'm sure a Yeti that walks up is going to recognize a 1965 Mustang convertible or Mustang Fastback. Right, Tommy? He's nodding his head yes. See, so. Um, how about a big shout-out to a couple friends of my local people here? Walker Ford. I've been doing business with Walker Ford since, whew, since high school, since the 70s. And a big shout-out to my friend over there, Tracy Afunte. Um, so if you need a car, a Mustang, a Focus, before they're discontinued, which I think they are for 2019 or 20. Um, go give Tracy a call. She's a good gal. She'll help you out, work a deal for you. Um, if your peds wear out, peds meaning shoes, um, give my buddies over there at Midway Shoe Repair a call. Um, Jason over there, or Jake, rather. He'll put a set of soles on your shoes at a reasonable cost, you know. I'm, you know, old school guys, you know, we like to fix things. Guys wear their stuff out. Um, and then we, uh, 
and then eventually we throw them away. But if, if we can figure out a way to repurpose them, we will. You know, <laughs> God, I could go on with stories. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I think it's time to uh, fire up the stereo here. We got a little, uh, we're going to go with some 80s hairband music here. So I think we've got a little great white uh, spinning around in the turntable. So t- while Tommy drops a needle in the groove over there, here's a little great white. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will. We will. I promise you. Be right back and uh, stick around. We've got a great show for you this evening. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, you know what else went on this weekend? Blast Friday. You know who's down here? Blast Friday on Saturday, or Friday? Blast Friday, duh, Friday. Mm, our good friend Mark Farner from uh, Grand Funk Railroad. Now, I'm trying to think where I was. I was at some function over in Tampa, so I didn't get here in time. But uh, So we're going to get Mark back on the show. He's a good guy. Uh, loves guitars, loves his music, and uh, just a good all-around, good old American. And from Detroit, and he's uh, pro Detroit, pro American cars, and all the other good stuff. Plus, he's a bike rider, so that's kind of cool. Anyway, uh, so what did I do this weekend? Uh, I started talking about Sumter County, and uh, it was warm, and there wasn't a big crowd, but it was an okay crowd, and there weren't a lot of vendors, but there was a fair amount of vendors. So I hung out there from, uh, you know, when, from for me to leave from here to get to Sumter and get set up. I had to leave here like around 4:30, 4 o'clock the latest, 4 4:30 the latest. Then by the time we get to State Road 50, you got to grab a bite to eat, you know, McDonald's, you know, in there early, grab your coffee, grab your, uh, you know, number 10 or whatever I ordered on the, off the menu there. Then I haul butt down there, get in line. And, uh, and typically before I set up, I scan that uh, place there as fast as I can looking for something. Unfortunately, a lot of the vendors weren't open. So, you know, a lot of guys were probably doing what I was doing. They didn't set up yet because they're out there trying to, you know, the early bird catches the worm. So you're trying to, you know, scrounge all the good parts. So then ultimately what happens, I went back to my van, I unloaded the van, and I was sitting there waiting, 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 waiting. Didn't sell a lot of stuff, but it was kind of interesting because uh, I something occurred to me. Something occurred to me while I was there at that venue. And my son's listening, so he's probably going to go, Dad, are you kidding me? Now, here's the deal. There's a lot of guys out there that do a stand-up comic routine, right? And they talk about medicine. They talk about, you know, just things that go on, you know, day-to-day stuff and all this kind of stuff. Nobody's really done the car deal. 
And, uh, you know, and so I was sitting there because what I do is rather than because you're bored out of your mind, right? When you're trying to sell stuff and everybody's going to come up and they're full of insults and you're trying to get 20 bucks for something. The guy goes, I'll give you two bucks for it. And I go, like, for real? And so after a while, you just get kind of witty and you go batty. And then you get witty, and then you go batty, and they get witty again. So you start, you joke with everybody, and you kind of, hey, like, come on over here, step right up here, I got something for you, you know? So you feel like one of those guys that are, you feel like a carny, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I'm sitting there trying to get these guys interested in something. Then it finally occurred to me, because I'm getting kind of, I'm kind of clowning around, people joking around, and car stuff is for me kind of secondary. So, because I was in the salvage yard business for so long, so I could just kind of talk, 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 which is kind of probably why I got in the radio business in a way. Anyway, kind of a gifted gab. As they say, at any rate, so I'm just joking around with these guys, and I'm, you know, you 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 kind of you paraphrase, you uh, you know, you you and you look at a part, and you kind of make uh, jokes about it, like it looks like an animal, looks like a creature. I mean, the people that are walking by, you know, these guys are like, my age or older, way older than me, you know. So you're like, hey, half dead, come over here, take a look at this stuff, you know. Or they'll be standing there, hey, your hands are empty, you know, or you got a whole bunch of extra room in your basket. Here, come over here, let me load that thing up for you. So you go on and on and on. So then I was kind of inadvertently i came up with this comedy routine so i figured hmm you know what i ought to do i had to do it like you know like larry the cable guy or some of these other guys i'll set up a stage and i'll just throw a whole bunch of car parts out there and i'll you know kind of invite the audience to kind of and there's probably a few guys that are car guys in the audience and just say hey look you know if we were a swap meet hey you know would you, would you like to buy this what would you give me for it you know and go round and around and around and around and i thought this would be kind of a funny thing to do because it's kind of hard to explain you had to been there but uh, it's almost like I had an audience. It was really funny. And because uh, we were going round and around and people were standing there, you know, I'm, you know, and, and the insults are flying back and forth, but nobody's taking it personally because it's, you know, it's just car guy thing, car guy, as we call it, junkyard jargon. But, uh, but we had fun at it. So uh, um, I don't know. But anyway, so swap meets, I like them. I like hanging out there. And the thing about a swap meet is, is that if somebody's asking a certain price for something, don't insult the guy. Don't be bashful. I mean, the guy's asking 100 bucks for something. You think it's worth 50 Say, hey, look, would you uh, consider $100? Uh, I got about 50 bucks to spend, or I, I know you were asking 100 or whatever, but uh, I got 50 uh, Would you entertain a lower offer? You negotiate. Well, say something polite. Don't sit there and go, I'll give you 3 bucks for it. Because one of these days, someone's going to wrap that part around your head, and then you're both going to go to the hospital. And then the police station. But at any rate, uh, swap meets a lot of fun. I like to go to them because it's a good place to source connections. You know, you're, you're trying to sell stuff. You might not sell anything necessarily, but it's also a good place to kind of network. And you might get some leads on something that's really cool that you might be able to buy and sell. For example, my buddy Jay. Jay's out there scrounging around. He's on his bicycle riding all over the place. And he's kind of an expert on stuff. And uh, I had to laugh because this one guy comes up to me. I had a set of headers there that were laying there. I probably had laying around for about five, six years. And I wasn't exactly sure what they were. They looked kind of like a Chevrolet, but keep in mind, I forgot a lot of the stuff. I mean, I've probably, and I can honestly say this, forgot more than most people know. I was in the record yard business for 30 years, for crying out loud. I should know this stuff, right? But over time, if you don't use it all the time, your knowledge, you know, uh, it kind of dissipates. You just kind of forget things. So at any rate, there's a set of headers laying there. I wasn't quite sure what they were. So I threw it out there and I said, here, tell me what you think those things are. Some people could, hey, are those for a Chevrolet? And I said, I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. One thing you got to watch out for when you go to a swap meet, there's a lot of guys that will just sell stuff. Yeah, sure, it'll fit your Chevrolet. Sure, it'll fit your Ford. Sure, it'll fit your Mopar. Sure, it'll fit whatever. But it doesn't. You really need to, if you're not sure, don't buy it. You know, because once you bought it, you own it. That's just the way it works. So I told this guy, I said, well, I'm not exactly sure what these were. Well, anyway, Jay comes rolling up on his bicycle, right? And I said, Jay, what are those headers? Well, before that, a couple other guys said, one guy says Mopar, one guy says Pontiac, one guy says Chevrolet, one guy says AMC. It's just all over the board. Jay Worrell's up there. I go, Jay, nobody seems to know what those headers are. I'm not sure what they are. Do you have any idea? He goes, yeah. And I go, what are they? He goes, Oldsmobile. I said, Oldsmobile, what makes you say that? He says, look at the center bolt. I said, yeah. He says, look how close the exhaust ports are, the end ports. They're really short. And I go, hmm, okay. So I thought about it. Well, you know, that's what they had these smartphones for. So I Googled an Oldsmobile cylinder head, the exhaust side, and sure enough, that kind of looks very similar. So anyway, there was nobody there that was buying them, so I dragged them back. The, the next day I was over at my friend's Brian's, and Brian just happens to be working on the 442. And while I was standing there, because I had a flat tire, and uh, while we were patching my tire, I was looking at the exhaust side of the uh, cylinder head on that Oldsmobile. Sure enough, center, pole, center bolt hole, short flanges, and I go, wow, they were Oldsmobiles. So they are now on Craigslist. So if you want to buy those Oldsmobile awesome headers, you can go to Craigslist and you can find them. I got them up there for a buck ninety-nine. 
Am I negotiable? Yeah, don't insult me. Don't say 50 bucks. Say, hey, look, I got about uh, 150 bucks to spend or 140 bucks or 130 bucks or 180 bucks or 160 bucks or whatever. You know, be polite when you when you negotiate. The art of negotiating is extremely, extremely important. Do not lose side of the fact that, you know, you, you're going to build a rapport with this guy because you might have something else down the road that you might need. So don't insult the guy. Just be nice. And then, you know, if you don't find what you want and if you don't negotiate the deal and if you can't do it on this one, you might do it on the next one and vice versa. It works both ways. So you want to be, uh, you want to be amicable when you're negotiating your deal. But anyway, I think it's time to go ahead and then uh, fire up the turntable again. And uh, yes, I will be at the swap meets in the fall. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. It's time to get our guests on here in a few minutes. But uh, before that, we're going to fire up uh, the radio one more time and play some, uh, ooh, hey, Chris Cross. Christopher Cross, let's ride like the wind. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dollar. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking about Spring Mountain Motorsports Ranch in Pahrump, Nevada. watching him and Johnny O'Connell and everybody on the race teams for years. Coordinating vision, making the right decision with your hands and your feet, and what you feel on your bike. All set. The quality of the instructors, the investment they make in you in order to make sure that you understand defensive driving, safe driving, and really get the most out of the car and your own skill is why I keep coming back. There's just so many things to utilize here for the family and for any guests that you have with you. Amenities here are incredible. The clubhouse, the lake, I went paddleboarding the other day, the backdrop of the mountains. I ordered a C7R and I want to be able to drive it. So I figured, you know, I can't drive it. You know, I can drive fast in the street, fine, but anybody can do that. When I saw Ron Fellows walk in, I'm like, whoa, I've been a fan of his for a long time. Couldn't have been nicer, regular guy. You can tell he really cares. They've got planted people around. These guys get the information while you're on track in real time, and they're critiquing it. It's, it's amazing. Basically, the funnest three days of my life. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how I can do a lot more of this. Your instruction was awesome, just the way that it built on each other all the way to today, and now it's like, we're done. I, I just want to. I'm sad. I don't want to stop. <laughs> really, really fun, though. Loved it. I'm Hi, this is NASCAR Hall of Fame Crew Chief Ray Evernham, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. You're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. We have on board this evening Rick Malone, who is the driving instructor 
for Spring Mountain Motorsports Raceway. And uh, Todd Crutcher, Crutcher, and he is a director of marketing. Welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, gentlemen. How are you doing this evening? We're doing great. You're doing great. Okay, so we got you guys on speakerphone, and we're going to talk about this uh, amazing race facility that you guys have out there. So give us a little background. Um, Todd, you're kind of like the marketing director guy, so uh, although Ron, or Rick, you've been there longer, right? Yeah, I've been here 13 years as chief driving instructor and driving school director. Okay. Now, is Ron Fellows, does he still, and now I played that little clip there because uh, Ron Fellows used to have a driving school out there way back in the in the day. I don't know. Is he still doing his thing out there? He's still involved, and he gets actively involved in the program. As a matter of fact, he'll be here on June 9th through the 14th, and he's here about every four to five weeks. Okay. So how's his program work out there then? It's a Corvette driving uh, well, school, right? Is that what it is? Absolutely. Corvette driving school. It, it's two. It's twofold. One, we're the official Corvette driving school for Chevrolet. And uh, anybody who purchases a brand new C7 model, um, GM subsidizes two-thirds of the cost of a two-day program, an owner's program, and uh, it only costs the consumer $1,000 to go through the program. And then we also have our level one programs and level two, which are open to uh, anybody. And we also have a radical uh, driving program as well. And we're also the home of the Cadillac B Performance Academy, which is also an owner's program, which works basically the same as uh, the Corvettes. However, with the Cadillacs, uh, GM uh, pays for 100% of the program. Oh, really? Interesting. Now, you mentioned Cadillac and you mentioned Corvette. Everybody knows what those are. But the Radical... Um, if my memory serves me correctly, it started out kind of like as a spec racer and ultimately involved in, uh, evolved to a uh, LMP2 prototype car, right? That actually races at Daytona, Sebring, and, uh, and Le Mans, right? Uh, somewhat, yes. Somewhat? It's also the home of, uh, of the Wolf Racing Program, which is Italian-made purpose-built cars. The Radicals are made in the U.K., right. powered by uh, Suzuki Hayabusa engines. And the Wolves, which are Italian-made, they look like Formula One cars. Um, they're powered by Honda, uh, Honda power engines, and you can get turbocharged, or you can get naturally aspirated. And the horsepower package between those two cars ranges anywhere from roughly 250 horsepower to 550. Okay. Now, what's your background, Rick? You're obviously you're a driving instructor there. So, were you a professional race car driver at one point in time? Uh, pro amateur racing, yes, and uh, dabbled in IMSA racing, a lot of club racing. And uh, even though I've done all different types of racing, from roundy round, off-road, drag racing, uh, my love uh, and passion is all has been in road course racing. Okay. So uh, how long you've been uh, racing, let's say, you know, throughout your career? Uh, I've been involved in motorsports for about 40 years now, 40, 45 years. Wow, that's a long time. Where's your, uh, where are you based out of? Or where were you based out based of? Out of Las, based out of Las Vegas. All my racing has been done pretty much on the West Coast. Uh-huh. And uh, this is my retirement career, so I've been here 13 <laughs> years, and uh, I've since retired from racing wheel-to-wheel, and find my passion in teaching right now. Okay, so if you raced on the West Coast, and obviously we're talking Laguna Seca and uh, Sears Point, and possibly back in the day when yeah. Riverside was still around? Oh, yeah, the last, yeah, Riverside, exactly, remember that, and you do remember Sears Point, that's what it was called back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, those racetracks. What about, uh, how about out there, Willow Springs, you ever do anything out there? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, with Willow Springs, and actually helped Danny, Danny McKeever do several programs there as well. So, uh, Big, uh, Big Willow and Streets of Willow, very, very familiar with it. So, when you first started racing, what kind of cars were you driving back in the day? Started with, uh, cut my teeth on Mazdas. Okay. In the 70s, I bought my first rotary engine, and I uh, said, wow, these things are little rocket ships. So, uh, RX-3s, RX-7s, then I got into Camaros, and then Corvettes. Oh, okay, so you're a Corvette guy, too. car bug, got bit by... Got bit by the horsepower bug. Okay, well, that works. Uh, Todd, give us a little bit of background on uh, Spring Mountain. It, it started out oh, as what? It was, it's, it's a racetrack that was actually in Vegas for quite some time before you guys got a hold of it, right? Yeah, we bought it in 2004, and uh, it was only a 2.2-mile track and a couple white tents and a uh, couple porta johns <laughs> okay. A couple white tents and a couple... And now we're over 6.1 miles. Wow. The longest track in the, in the, the longest track in the United States and or in the nation and soon to be the longest track in the world. Okay. Well, tell us tell us about the, the facility itself, how big it is, uh, and then some of your future plans there. Well, we're currently sitting on over uh, we're on 
the, the original property or what we were last just recently at is 332 acres mm-hmm. uh, but we're adding another 620 acres um which which we're going to be building track on so we have a total of 6.1 miles we're going to be adding another uh 10 miles of track to be the longest track in the world to be at the nerve ring wow uh, but we you know it's what's unique about our place is we're we're we have uh primarily we use three to four tracks and that would be the, the east track the north or north and south track and the west track and what's unique is we can actually run all these tracks simultaneously and that's what we do for all our driving schools and we always have a track available for our members um so regardless you know if you're here for thursday through monday we have a track day available to uh, to, to our members okay now you're well, are you over there towards is it uh, mount charles is that the mountains right there in the background there kind of you guys is that uh are you close to yeah, that we'd be on the we're on the back side of mount charles so not on the vegas side so we're oh, okay. 50 miles west of las vegas okay but, but mount charles on the back side of it is our backdrop Okay, yeah, because that the one little girl in the uh, in the uh, in the video there, she was talking about the mountains in the background and everything like that. So I figured you're probably pretty close. Interestingly enough, I'm out at SEMA almost every year, and uh, I went to Mount Charleston last year, but uh, I was trying to get out to you guys. I just didn't have enough time. But this year, I'm definitely going to make a a point to get out there and see you guys. So the facility, tell us about what all the facility has to offer. So it's not just for the car guys. If I want to bring my family, I can uh, basically there's there's stuff for them to do as well, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. We have everything here for, for you and your family. So if you want to go and drive all day, and if obviously one, they can join you. If not, they can hang out. We have an 8,000-square-foot uh, clubhouse. We have a masseuse on staff. We have a pool, jacuzzi, indoor fitness center, indoor racquetball. Um, we have an indoor shooting range, basketball um, area, horseshoes. And then we have a lake. Uh, it's a four-acre lake, and you can go paddleboarding, and um, and just go swimming, swimming while you're down there. Enjoy the tiki bar, have cocktails, and a white sand beach, and you know, put your toes in the water. Interesting. And then if you're there in the wintertime, you can go up to the mountain, and go skiing too, right? Well, yeah, well, yeah, we're not too far from that. But you know what? One thing that's kind of unique with what we do is. Because we're we have all we're covered in BLM land, and we were just talking about the mountains are right behind us. Our members love to they they drive hard. You know they're driving on the track all day. But once once the track once the track goes cold, these guys all get together in their UTVs and uh, they go off in the mountains and they follow each other. They go all the way. They go to the snow uh, and they really just love the outdoor atmosphere. It's really we have something for everybody here. So basically, it is a resort. It is definitely a resort. Okay, good. Now let me ask you this: What is the how many members do you have at your uh, at the at Spring Mountain Motorsports Ranch? Well, we have over three hundred and fifty members. Okay, is there a limit to how many people can join? Um, we're going to cap it off at five hundred. Okay, and that's what we're looking at right now. Okay, and if I want to be a member, what uh, tell me what are the what are the fees? What are the dues? Uh, what are the parameters? How does it basically work? So you can become a member, and it's uh, it, it's uh, we just raised the rates uh, to six thousand or excuse me sixty thousand dollars for uh, that's for a lifetime, and then includes um, and then you have six thousand annual dues after that. Okay, and that gives you that gives a member. Uh, they get up to 16, a minimum of 16 track days per month. 16 track days? Per month. Wow, that's that's quite a bit. Yeah, it's it's more than they could ever want. So, all right, so then what type of facilities do you have? So let's just say I have a car. Um, are you going to have, ultimately, are you going to build homes on, on, the, on the premises? Are there going to be, like, uh, shops there? In other words, uh, uh, facilities for to service the vehicles and maintain the vehicles and to store the vehicles. How's how does that all work? Well, so we we currently have over eighty garages. Mm-hmm. So you can, as a member, you can lease a garage. Okay. And um, and you can deck it out however you wish. And one of the things that's unique about us is we have um, we have uh, it's what we call Radical West or also the Spring Mountain Racing, and we have a company here where we can actually our power tech. We can give you, if, 
if you're a member that's driving one of our prototype cars, like a Radical, a Wolf, we can give you full service. So you can just fly in, come get dressed, and we can we'll, we'll get your car out, we'll fuel it, we'll rebuild the motor. Whatever you need, we, we can take care of. We have parts here. We always keep, I think we have over $3 million in parts. Um, so for anything that you can need, and we have an engine builder on site, uh, we can handle it. Okay. Um, as far as accommodations, I'm in mean, condos, houses, is that uh, also in the future? Yep. So we, we have, currently right now, we have uh, 42 condos mm-hmm. for you to stay in, and we are building homes. We have, um, right now we have about 12 homes that are built, and we only have about, out of 80 lots that we had for sale, we only have about 20 lots left. So it's really a, you know, it's, it's a good time to buy. Okay. What uh, what are the price ranges? Uh, it starts off roughly about 300000 for the lot. 300000 for the lot. Okay, then how big a house? And you uh, can bring in your own builder. Okay. Or you can use our builder. Okay. And then the houses, is there a minimum square footage? Um, you know what? Um, I'm not actually not. I don't believe so. Okay. No, because we have houses that are ranging from, uh, that range from roughly, you know, fifteen. Hundred square feet to homes that are over over eight thousand. Okay, and how big are the lots? How many square feet? Yeah, I think what is it? ten thousand. Okay. Yeah, about ten thousand. Okay, ten thousand. So they're a quarter of an acre lots. The um, the facility there, as far as the um, uh, uh, the the track days, what do you have for now? You have support for the for the race cars. Uh, are you going to have, like, independent mechanics and shops that are going to be able to um, have a, a facility in there? So let's say, for example, I've got a vintage Shelby Mustang or somebody's got a Camaro or somebody's got a Porsche that we can bring those cars in or somebody will, there, will be there on premise to fix it or uh, do mechanicals as well? Are you guys there? Did we lose you? Hello? Tommy, I think we lost him. Let's try to call him back. Um, if you just tuned into Nostalgic Rating Cars, we are uh, doing currently doing an interview with uh, a couple of the guys, the uh, driving instructor and the director of marketing for uh, Spring Mountain Motorsports Ranch in uh, just outside of Las Vegas. And uh, so this is kind of a coming trend now. So um, these things are starting to pop up. Uh, a lot of the high rollers like this kind of deal. It's kind of like, you know, like if you have a golf and country club and you have a shooting country club and you have a yachting club and, uh, you know, sailing club. Well, hey, car guys are into that kind of stuff, too. There's motorcycle clubs out there. They're actually big in Europe. So uh, this is what Spring Mountain's all about. And apparently what they're doing is they're building one of the largest, uh, biggest tracks. Hey, you got you, we got you guys back? Yes, we're back. Okay, good. So I was just telling, I was just kind of filling people in just in case they tuned in here late and uh, kind of a little update that you guys are working on building the largest uh, motorsports uh, facility club uh, in the United States here and uh, and possibly the world. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so. I, uh, in, the United- in the United States. Okay, good. So uh, the question I asked while you guys uh, took a little hiatus there from us um, was. Uh, if you, let's say, for example, I have a Shelby or somebody has a Porsche or somebody has a Mustang or Camaro or some other, a Jaguar or some other kind of a road race car, is there going to be a facility there on premise, let's say, like an independent repair shop or facility or speed shop or track support for, for, for guys like that as well as, um, as for your radicals and your wolves? So, uh, like we said, we have, we have full service on the other side. What we are doing is we are currently building. Uh, a hotel and casino that's going out front. Oh. Uh, so in the hotel, they're doing 150 rooms. Um, but on this on the on the parcel for the second phase, um, there's going to be restaurants, and then there's going to there's different sh- shops that are going to open up, and there's talk about a speed shop going in there. Oh, excellent. Okay. Now let's say track days. Um, fire department, emergency crews, all that kind of stuff. Are they on uh, kind of like on, on around the clock staff there um, when the when the track events, track days take place? Yeah, we hire them as per needed per track day events. Mm-hmm. So as per requirement as well. Yes, and uh, so we have fire and rescue here as well in our units. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, whenever there's a large event, large, more than 10 people, uh, we have ambulance on site and, uh, and medical all, all ready to go. Okay. So, um, Rick, let's say, for example, I'm a newbie, okay? Um, let's say I've, uh, I just bought myself a brand new, let's say, 911 or maybe a Corvette or maybe a Shelby Mustang or something like that since they're built right there in uh, Las Vegas. And I don't have a lot of driving experience. What do you do? Do you don't turn me loose on the track? Do you basically pre-qualify me or how do you make sure I know what I'm doing? Before you turn well, me loose. As a member, we're going to put you through an orientation uh, process. Okay. Uh, all uh, track safety protocol and what have you. And then uh, we're going to assess the driver and we're going to uh, uh, give him an instructor to work with for that day. And again, show him the protocol and kind of make a driver assessment and then give him some, some basic training and then make an assessment for that point. Does this driver need uh, some more training from, the, from starting from the basics? Uh, is he mediocre where he's safe enough to go on track or is he fully experienced and we can let him loose and go? So that's our first step is to identify the driver. Okay. And we can make an assessment from there. Rick, now do these track events, are they actual, let's say, competitive races or are they basically track events where I just go out there and I kind of run what I brung and, you know, if you guys say uh, it's okay and you give me your blessing, I, you just turn me loose on the track? Well, we have several track events. One, our club member races, which we hold once a month, and there's year-end awards and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they pretty much, if you're a member, you can get involved in those races. And again, they get pre-qualified before they can race, so we have those types. We also rent the track out to different event groups, like Porsche Owners Clubs, they'll, they'll run their time trials and their race events, or maybe Speed Ventures or somebody like that. So we'll rent the track out to different clubs and organizations, and they'll hold their own races and bring in their own corner workers and their own fire and rescue. And then, um, and then again, we have our schools as well, uh, which we control 100%. Okay. Um, SCCA functions or anything like that, the, are they out there? Do they rent your track, or is it just pretty much just private uh, private groups? No, we have, a, we have VAR comes out, SVRA, uh, they come out, oh, okay. and uh, hopefully uh, we're going to build another track and to get an SCCA sanctioned, and that's our plans with one of the new tracks we're about to break ground on, and we're hoping to get some SCCA events out here as well. Okay, how about racing teams? Do they come out there and use a track for uh, test and tune? Yes, we have quite a few teams that have come out for that, uh, for test and tune, yeah. Is your track flat, or does it have topos? I mean, has it got highs and lows and bank turns? Absolutely. No, no, no. We have elevation change, and we're quite proud of that. It's really hard to, to find it in the desert sometimes, and if we don't have enough of it, we just make it. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, Todd, this is a question that we have because we're the we're we're in Florida, okay? And we even though we have Sebring and Daytona and we got Homestead and we got PBI, um, we'd like to have a, a a private motorsports club ourselves here somewhere in the state of Florida. So, is have you guys looked to expanding into other states? Uh, if we wanted to do something like this in our state. What would you see, what would you recommend if there's a group of uh, you know investors that were interested in putting together a, a facility like yours, not to compete with you guys, but to reciprocate, so to speak? There's been a lot of interest, and we've you know we've had a lot of thought into it, and um, I guess the hard thing for us as far as building another facility somewhere else is is the fact that we're just looking at you know we can we're always trying to better what we are, have already created here mm-hmm. and really not at that point where we're thinking hey we want to we we haven't found property or anything like we have here and we have the weather and because we're able to run all year long and that i think that's what a lot of clubs run into that it becomes an issue is they don't have the right climate to run every you know every month of the year um so what we find is we have clubs like uh audubon monticello where they can only drive um Six months out of the year, a lot of their members are our members as well because we drive right through the winter. Okay. We have no issue driving year-round. Being from Florida, obviously you guys are uh, similar but different weather, and why couldn't you run all year-round? I mean, other than it just rains it, three times in one day. Right. <laughs> well, that's why they make racing rain tires. Right. <laughs> leave rain tires on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, it sounds like you guys got it all together up there. And uh, how many of these facilities are there around the country? I know you mentioned Audubon, you mentioned Monticello, and then I think VRA is kind of a a dual-purpose kind of track, but they're working on something like that, too, as well. We are seeing them. They're they're popping up here and there. Okay. Um, You don't know the number, but it's it's, it's a small handful. I mean, it's one thing to 
it just you know we we have besides all the track that we have and and housing and and um we have so much to do here i really there's no place like us Okay. Well, you sold, you, you sold me on it, so I'm going to have to definitely come check you guys out. Now, here's what I want you to do. Since we got all these listeners and we're on the Internet and we're on YouTube and we're all over the place, why don't you go ahead and give out the information, uh, Ron or, I mean, Todd or Rick, and uh, so people, if they want to find out more about Spring Mountain Motorsports uh, Resort, um, how do they go about doing it? Just uh, log on to com. RaceSpringMountain.com. Okay, sounds good. So We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, very good. Now, Rick, I know you're a race car driver. Now, Todd, how about you? Do you get behind the wheel of a car too and take uh, take oh, your chances absolutely. out on the track? Oh, there's uh, almost every day as much as I can to keep my skill set sharp. Uh, I'm not done driving yet, so uh, yeah, I'm always behind the wheel and I get actively involved right in the program. So okay, and then Todd, how about you? Do you get behind the wheel? You know what? I, I have one of the best jobs in the world, other than Rick. So because of because of all the filming and stuff we get to do here, uh, I, I do get some seat time. Not as much as Rick, but I do uh, get to go shake my legs and, and have fun in the car. Okay, good. Yeah. Now you're yeah, so uh, when, go ahead. When you're out of the SEMA show this year and you're going to come visit us, our booth is going to be located anywhere uh, right right near the GM booth, the Chevrolet booth. So make sure you come by and take a look at us. And anybody listening. Well, if you're at the SEMA show, just find the Chevrolet booth, and we're generally right in that vicinity. Okay, well, you can count on that. And uh, I was, uh, it's unfortunate that John uh, Morris couldn't make it on. He is your CEO and uh, co founder there at uh, Spring Mountain Motorsports uh, Country Club. So, what I want to do is uh, give him a big shout out, too. And uh, it's great to have a guy like that involved in it, and I hope they keep it up. And I want to again thank you guys, both my guests this evening, Rick Malone, he's a driving instructor for uh, the, the uh, Spring Mountain Motorsports uh, Country Club, and Todd, did I pronounce it right? Crutcher? Is that, did I say right? Crutcher is a crutcher. Mar- Crutcher. Crutcher. Okay, good. And he's a director of marketing. And again, hey, I want to thank both you guys, and uh, hopefully I'll see you here in November. And, uh, you know, keep it, uh, keep them tires uh, nice and warm and on that track. You got it. We will. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you. Okay. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I think that was a pretty good show. Uh, Kind of interesting. Now, you never know. There's a bunch of guys in the state of Florida that are thinking about doing something like this. And if something breaks, if we do break ground, or if we should take this to the next level, you heard it here on Nostalgic Radio and Cars first. And um, because racing is kind of like... in my blood, I never really did very well with a golf club. I wasn't too hot with a with a uh, with a uh, tennis racket. Um, did okay in boats for a while. Screwed around with those things. Uh, not bad with a fishing pole, um, but uh, racing and bikes and bikes and. Uh, but anyway, so uh, hey, don't forget to check us out of here every Tuesday night on the Tan Talk Radio Network between seven and eight p.m. for the most legendary and fascinating, or fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. We got a great show for you next week. I'm not even going to tell you who it is. We got a surprise. We got a surprise. And uh, in the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.